This is No Halos Here, hosted by Jen Lang and Jane Stark, the place to inspire a change in your consciousness to elevate the world. We're two heart-centered business owners nourishing our inner rebels while growing our respective businesses. No Halos Here is the result of bringing together an opera singer turned spiritual mentor and a marketing professional turned well-being coach to meditate daily. Together, we unite physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual energies into a powerful presence to lead, heal, and inspire. We love exploring the shadowed edges of life, the universe, and beyond through honest and thought-provoking conversations. Let's dive in. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Halos Here with Jen Lang and Jane Stark. This week, we're actually doing something a bit different. This is the first week of one of us, me, doing a solo episode. We thought it would be fun to try those out. We had talked about it for some time. We didn't have a specific date planned. So here it is, first week of July, doing my first solo episode for the podcast. So today I thought it's appropriate and very um, reflective to talk about the value of alone time. And I actually quite enjoy flying solo. I learned to be independent very early on as a child. In fact, I would say it's one of my very much character traits. I think my mom told me that I can do it myself, mommy. I can do it myself. I can do it myself. That was like something I said a lot as a kid. So there's a difference between independence and alone time though. And quite often, so often our world values and puts a lot of value on togetherness and unity and community, which is all good stuff. And at the same time, we really need that alone time to reset, to recalibrate, and to be with our own energy. This is true for kids as well as adults. I think it's really important for kids to be able to learn to self-entertain. And this alone time piece really creates the circumstances. It's a practice. Now, I know some of you who identify as extroverts might sort of be cringing at the prospect of too much alone time, which is true. And I think if anything, the past year and a half has taught us that we can actually have a lot more alone time and downtime than we actually thought we could before. Now, the value again of alone time and alone time, especially without multiple devices, without multiple Zoom calls and all this kind of stuff, the value of alone time here is to sink more deeply into oneself. It doesn't always have to be this way, but the alone time and being with your own energy for a period is really so illuminating. It teaches us, it actually might be uncomfortable at first, and I know I used to find that. When I traveled, I always wanted to see lots of people. I always wanted to be busy, busy, busy. Um, I think I remember I used to go back to when I lived in Victoria and used to go back to visit friends in Vancouver, I would book up to three friends or social outings in a day. And that would be fun. And like my maybe my only alone time might be on public transit. But now that I reflect on the past, I say, 20, 30 years, I've really never lived alone. I've never really lived on my own, even though I love alone time. I had roommates for a long period of time, um, small periods of time when I traveled. I traveled solo, but even then I was still staying with friends and family and with other, you know, 
other people I'd encountered. Sometimes you hook up with a backpacker and you guys are like, hey, let's share a combination. So I think I'm having a new appreciation of alone time. Now, I reflected on this in a Facebook post recently about these aspects of middle aging. I'm in my mid 40s, so I'm kind of in that zone where I'm transitioning to this next part of my adulthood. And I actually reflected on, you know, I have this like new interest in growing roses. I'm like, well, didn't really know. I haven't really tried yet. I've always appreciated them, but I've got this new interest in growing roses. I have a new, like, I wouldn't say it's an obsession, but I'm all of a sudden really interested in birds, specifically crows, ravens, and other corvids. So that's kind of fun. I've started feeding them on the roof of the garage and... I think it's kind of cool to connect with crows. I think they're really smart. I love, I've always loved ravens. And the other aspect was that I was really appreciating more alone time. Now, part of this came out of the fact that my husband um, took off for a couple of days to go visit a friend on the mainland. And I was left um, on my own in the house, you know, me and the two dogs. So technically not alone. I was with two dogs. However, no other human company. And... This alone time aspect really affirmed for me how refreshing and how rejuvenating time on my own really is. And that I can enjoy aspects of, it's not so much doing whatever I want, although there is a form of that, but it's also the ways that I can be with my own energy in our living environment without having to worry or be concerned about anyone else in the house. And don't get me wrong, love my husband, love our life together. However, the alone time is golden. You know, if I want to journal for an hour, I can sit and journal for an hour. If I want to, like, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this. If I want to heat up fish in the microwave, I'll heat up fish in the microwave. We've all done that, right? <laughs> it's like, I want to make something stinky. Okay. <laughs> So I'd love to hear your reflections on alone time because I feel like there's so many benefits to it. Um, actually, thinking back, even before I met my husband, I did three motorcycle road trips on my own. And for a woman 20 years ago to be traveling on her own on a motorbike, I did one through the States, two part of the States down to down to Oregon and back up the coast. And I did two more through the interior of BC. And I really enjoyed them. Now, motorcycle riding is one of those passions I have where, you know, it's you and the road. I actually have never owned an earpiece or a walkie-talkie. I don't like listening to music when I ride. I really want the full experience of me, my thoughts, and the road. And these aspects of the solo activity really gives an opportunity for processing that doesn't always have a chance to happen when you're with other people. And even though like Kirk and I each have our own office at the house, you know, he works on the second floor, I work on the main floor, we, we see each other at like mealtimes and, you know, evenings and mornings. So it is kind of like we have our jobs, but at the same time when I'm road tripping, and I'm on my own. I can, if I want to stop, I stop. If I want to like take a little longer down this road, all of a sudden, suddenly inspired, I want to take this road instead, then I do it. So 
these solo activities really lead to a greater opportunity for self-observation. And I'm not sure if any of you have ever read the book Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, but it is a really, it's a philosophical book, sort of about motorcycle trips, but sort of about other things as well. I'm actually due for a reread of that book. I've read it, I read it a very long time ago and reread it again about, I don't know, 10 years ago. So it's kind of like every 10 years I dive back in and I'm like, how has my perceptions changed from this book and all that good stuff. So the, the aspects of solo road tripping, as well as the benefits of being in one's own energy in your living space, I think provide this opportunity that we don't take very often. And I think this is also related to the conversation around boundaries. And when we have families at home and kids that need our attention, or we have spouses or you know, pets or friends or loved ones that are in our space, you know, regularly, when do you have that opportunity for alone time? A lot of people would call that a luxury. And I actually would consider asking you to, no, I would ask you to consider redefining alone time as a luxury. I would argue that it's actually essential and that Finding ways to A, set better personal boundaries around your time and space, to communicate those boundaries to your loved ones, be they child, parent, spouse, or otherwise, and looking for ways or solutions, like if you're single parenting, that, you know, again, if you're single parenting, alone time can be a luxury, but if you're, if you have an arrangement with the child, children's other parent or caregiver, then that does give you those aspects of alone time that you can greatly appreciate. I'm going to put into the show notes some reflection questions for you. But one of them, I'm going to talk about them here because I'd like you to think about this after this episode's finished, is what value, if any, do you get from alone time? And how often do you take it? Is it something that you have this secret dream or secret wish of having more alone time, but you don't take it? Or the other aspect of this, the counter aspect might be, do you have those opportunities for alone time, but instead you fill it with scrolling or social media or phone calls? Because that's also an aspect. In fact, I would even argue that that's a sabotage in some cases, because you're so accustomed to having external stimulus that you don't know what to do when you get alone time. So I guess my other question might be, do you make it a regular practice to allow yourself alone time? And maybe your alone time is spiritually, in, spiritual in nature, or perhaps your alone time is simply sitting down with a good book or preparing a beautiful meal for yourself. There's so many aspects that alone time can benefit and expand your world. One of the more recent practices that I'm again, practicing, is seven minutes of silence each day. And I have to say, I've been fairly inconsistent inconsistent with it lately. However, the seven minutes of silence is a beautiful way to notice when I want to reach for that phone or when my mind wanders off. And it's okay for my mind to wander. Maybe I notice, that's an opportunity for me to, to notice my thoughts. 
So I would love for you to really think about what alone time means to you and how you can cultivate more of it, if that's what you crave, or how can you deepen your experience of alone time the next time it's presented to you. All right, it's a short episode this week. Why don't you go and see if you can grab yourself some alone time, whether it's out in nature, in your home, or some other activity. Maybe it's riding your bicycle or your motorbike. Have a really fantastic week ahead. I look forward to hearing from you and do definitely tell us how you spend your alone time. All right, take care. Have an awesome day. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining us for these conscious combos. If you're ready to dive deeper, head on over to wearejenandjane.com to continue the conversation. If you love this episode, please take a moment to share it with your friends or your network and leave us a review by going to Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at wearejenandjane and let us know what you enjoy and what you would like to see more of. We'd love to hear from you.